to talk about this idea of a sacrifice of praise. And actually, I, I had you turn in Hebrews chapter 13, and that is correct. We are going to read there. But I also want you to uh, turn with me to Romans chapter 12, because we're going to do both passages today. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Um, and we'll read those here in just a moment. You know, a lot of time when we talk about praise, when we talk about worship, um, it's interesting sometimes to see how people respond to that. Most people have this idea that worship is something that happens on Sunday morning, which it does. Um, we come here and we worship God and we get together and we are able to do that. And um, usually they think it's constructed in some building called a church. But for some, the conditions have to be just perfect in order for them to worship. And too often people don't enjoy worship unless things are just absolutely right. And I, I think it's time for us to start kind of rechanneling our focus. And that's what we're going to talk about today is this idea of rechanneling our focus because worship isn't about making everything right with you. Worship is not necessarily talking about what's right with you. It's talking about what's right with God. And so when we worship the Lord, when we come before him, whether it be in the context of a Sunday morning message, in a Sunday morning service, or whether it's at home Monday through Saturday, the idea of worship is, in, is that which attributes worth to God. It's not so much what's wrong with you, it's about what's right with him. Amen. But we look for all kinds of reasons to avoid worship, and a lot of people look for all kinds of reasons to avoid Church, could you imagine if the world started acting like this? I read this. This was uh, somewhat humorous. And it says this, here are the reasons why I am giving up sports. And you're looking at me like, what? The reasons why I am giving up sports. I've had it, and I'm going to quit attending sporting events once and for all because of these reasons. Number one, every time I went, they asked for money. Every time I went to a sporting event, they asked for money. Number two, the people I sat next to didn't seem friendly. Number three, the seats were too hard and they weren't comfortable at all. Number four, I went to a lot of games, but the coach never once came to visit my house. Never once. The referees made decisions that I just couldn't agree with. So, couldn't stay. The game went into overtime, and I was late getting home. Never going back. The band played musical numbers that I had never heard before, and it wasn't my style of music. Number eight, it seems the games are always scheduled when I wanted to do other things. Are you catching a trend? Number nine, I suspect that I was sitting next to some hypocrites. They came to see their friends, and they talked during the whole game. Number ten, I was taken too many games by my parents. When I, I was taken to too many games by my parents when I was growing up. Number eleven, I hated to wait in that traffic jam in the parking lot after the game. Kind of funny, though, as I read those. If you switch those around and you put church in that, those are a lot of reasons why people don't come to church. But it's okay on the ball field, but it's not okay in the house of God. Hmm, interesting. See, worship and praise is 
not something that comes from just right conditions around us. <laughs> now that I'm preaching this message on a day when the air is not working. Uh, it comes from our heart. It comes from our life. It comes from not just, um, it, it, again, it's not about what's wrong with me. It's about what's right with God. And it's not just what happens in here on a Sunday morning. It's what happens in our life every day. The Bible teaches us that we are to both use our lips and our life to offer up praise to God continually. So let's read this text today. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 15. Chapter 13, verse 15. It says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Turn with me over to uh, the book of Romans now. Chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers, and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Maybe your verse, maybe your version says, This is your reasonable act of worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, today I ask, Holy Spirit, would you just come and just Speak to our hearts this morning. God, I pray that you would just move in us today. Allow us to understand that we want to give a sacrifice of worship, a sacrifice of praise. God, that is not based on our circumstances, but it's based upon relationship, the relationship we have with you. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to notice the text in Hebrews 13. Notice it, it, there's a link that talks about how we can make this possible. We're talking about praise from our lips now. That's the first thought process. Praise from our lips. How does this happen? What is makes this possible? Well, the very first words of, of that passage say, through Jesus. Praise and worship cannot happen without coming to Christ. Praise is not just something we do, it's something that we are. It's who we're connected to. And it's not just being connected to what we, uh, our, our, our style or our thing. It's about this idea of connecting ourselves to Christ. As you worship him, that worship attributes you to get nearer to God. And the Bible promises that if you will draw near to God, he will draw near to you. Notice... There's also a sense of being praised here that's praise is continual. It's not just at church where, we, where praise is supposed to happen. That's the reason it's called a sacrifice of praise. I don't know about you, but there, there are times when I come into this building to worship, well, I, you, there's an expectancy in me. I, maybe that's weird for you, but for me, there's an expectancy. I know that whenever I come into this place and I get with y'all people, um, we're, we're going to have a good time in the Lord. We're going to praise God. Pastor Dustin's going to let it fly on the piano. We're going to have a good time in the Lord, and God's going to just move and do great things. I come with that kind of expectancy. Now, I don't know if you do or don't. I would encourage you to start. This is kind of free, okay? This is not mess in connection with the message. This is free, all right? Just not going to charge you extra. 
If you don't come with this idea of expectancy when you come into the house of the Lord, you are only robbing yourself of an opportunity to get nearer to God than maybe you do through the week. There is something about when God's people get together to worship. There is something about when we come and unite our hearts and our spirits with one voice and with one accord and with one purpose. And that purpose is not to see what we can get. That purpose is to see what we can give. We don't come to church to get. We've got to change that mentality. We've got to change that focus. I can't just come into this building to get, 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 get. My thought process when we come together as a church is I come to church to see what I can give. And most importantly, I want to make sure I'm giving to God. That's part of what the great, uh, Pastor Black talked about this Wednesday night. That's part about what the great commandment is all about. It's about coming together. It's about us loving God intensely and then loving others as, our, as ourselves. None of that talks about getting. It's all talking about giving. But he talks about here the sacrifice of praise. And that doesn't always happen. On Sunday, man, when I come together, that, I come with expectancy. But how many of you know Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, there are days that it's hard. There are days when, when, the, when things are, are difficult, when things don't go right, and, and it becomes, there are issues and voices and stuff and busyness and things that get you down and discouraged. And, and it's those moments that he talks about here. He says, through Christ, through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer God a sacrifice of praise. That no matter what I feel, the song says, no matter how it's going on in my life, I got to offer God praise. It's a sacrifice sometimes. Sometimes it's a, it's a perspective change. I don't know if you've ever been there before. But so many times we take our issues and our problems and we put them right there in front of our face. And, and all that we can see and focus on is that. And, and I think to offer a sacrifice of praise with our lips, to offer a sacrifice of praise from our heart, there has to be a perspective change. And what I mean by that is you have to take those issues and get them away from the forefront of your heart and say, God, I need you right now. I, I don't want to focus on what's wrong with me. I want to focus on what's right with you. And in this moment and in this time, I am going to set aside, I'm going to step away from the circumstances of this life, and I'm going to get alone with you, I'm going to get some time with you, and I'm going to offer up a sacrifice, even though I don't feel like it, even though it's kind of painful, even though right now I, I'm just, my mind is going a thousand different directions, God, today I recognize that I need to put this away because I need to offer this sacrifice of praise. Because it's in that sacrifice that you found God. It's in that sacrifice that the Lord is waiting for you to come near. You know, I, I think, and I mentioned this, this, it's funny because the first service I preached a completely different message. I felt like the Lord led me that way. But the, the same thought process as I bring this back to you now is, is this idea of busyness. I think sometimes we get so busy and, and the devil keeps us so busy that we just get into the, I'll call it the rat race of life. 
And have you ever, you ever watched a rat race? You ever watched like what they do sometimes with like rat races? Rat race, they, they just keep doing the same thing. They run, run over here. No, nope, they get stopped. They run over here. It's not about pausing and looking. It's just about they open the door and the rat just goes, just like they know what to do. And sometimes I think we just go through the motions of life. Because it's like this rat race that, man, I got I to gotta go to work. I got to go home. I got to get to the ball field. I got to do this. I got to do that. They've got practice. They've got things. We've got stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And before you know it, the calendar becomes full. Our lives become full. And the most important thing is your mind becomes full. And I think the devil uses those kind of thought processes to get your mind full of things. That you lose the perspective of what a sacrifice of praise is. Because all of a sudden now, what consumes your mind and your heart is us. Let's be real. And Jesus is saying this, this, this word of the Lord today is saying this, through Christ, through Christ, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. The only way that you're going to be able to offer a sacrifice of praise is if you step away from the busyness and you start stepping into Christ. Stepping into him. You know, the, the Bible talks about the idea of what comes out of your mouth and the things of how you think and that how you think determines how you speak. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And I think it's clear to say that, man, we need to focus on our, our mind and our attention on the Lord. And that passage in, in Romans chapter 2, it talks about this, don't conform to the pattern of the world, but be transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. Do you know, and, and I, I, I'd love to tell you that I'm standing up here before you and I've mastered this, but to be honest, I haven't. It's a, it's a struggle that we all deal with. But do you know what you have to do? It takes discipline to be able to renew your mind. It takes discipline to be able to say, whoa, 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 time out. And sometimes I think we just, we need to take every day that, that moment that says, God, I, I know that I've got a hundred things to do. And some of you, the, the, the place where you can worship the Lord is not in a place where somebody else can. Maybe you can do it in your living room, but maybe some of you are looking around like, oh my goodness, I need to do the laundry. I need to get this done. I need, man, that step, it needs to be fixed. I've got all this stuff that needs to happen. And, and before you know it, your mind's consumed with something else entirely but God. And God is saying, listen, I want you to sacrifice praise that first time of praise. Bring it to me. I am crazy enough to believe that if you will let the Lord renew your mind and renew your thoughts toward worship, it will transform your life. It won't just transform your day. It will do that, but it will transform your entire life. It's how we talk. Lips should confess praise and gratitude at all times, reflecting Christ in our lives. It's our language at work. It's our language at home, at church. That it's, it's in the view of this passage. It says that we're continually offering a sacrifice of praise. 
to the Lord. The second thing is this, the idea of praise from our lives. We talked about praise from our lips. Let's look at the, the second part. I, we're going to go back and forth, so keep your, your little stringy-dilly thing in, um, in Hebrews 13 and, and Romans 12, okay? Because we're going, we're going back and forth, all right? So back to Hebrews 13, um, verse 16, actually. It says, do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. Talk about praising God with our lives. You know, it's the writer of Hebrews talks about the fruit of the lips. He mentioned that in verse 15 um, as a sacrifice. But then he moves to the next thought, and he ties them together. And this tying together is this. Don't forget to do good. Don't forget to, to share with others for which is the sacrifice God is pleased. God is not just wanting the fruit of your lips, but it, that fruit of your lips will also result in the fruit of your life. What we speak, we tend to show. <laughs> you remember show and tell from school? Oh, come on now. Remember show and tell? Remember show and tell from school? You always wanted to bring the coolest thing that you had. Because that was like what you were most proud of. I wanted to bring the coolest thing I could find, man. So we bring this cool thing. You're like, yeah, see this? This is my whatever. Usually we like to bring like animals, right? And school kind of frowned on that where I live. They, they didn't want you to bring animals to school. That, that was not necessarily something that they wanted. And, you know, we had a little puppy when I was a kid, and her name was Muffin. I don't know how Muffin ever liked me. I, I don't. Um, I was not mean. In a, I, I was a boy with Muffin, um, and, and, and not, I wasn't, like, super mean with her, I don't think, maybe a little bit. But anyway, Muffin was a, a pup, and, and I was in I think I was in like seventh grade, not seventh grade, second grade. I was seven years old. I was in second grade. We didn't do show and tell in seventh grade. That would have been fun, man. That would have been great. If you're a middle school teacher, a high school teacher, implement that. That would be awesome, right? Um, so I, I, I talked to mom. I said, mom, can we bring Muffin to school? It'd be, we have show and tell. That would be so cool. Mom's like, no. What? That would be amazing. She's like, take a picture. Here's a picture of Muffin. It's not the same, man. It's just not the same. I wanted Muffin to come in and lick everybody and pee on the floor and just have a... I, I, I wanted everybody to experience how awesome Muffin was. The picture just didn't do it justice. It wasn't the same. I can squirt water on you, but it's just not the same as being peed on. It's just not. We wanted to show the thing that we, we were just most proud of. We wanted to show that thing that was, that was really close to our heart and we really loved. And it was amazing, you know. It, and I, I would hate to show up to show and tell with something I didn't really like too much. These are the Brussels sprouts mom made for dinner last night. <laughs> if you want one, you can have one because I didn't eat them. They're terrible, right? We wanted something that was amazing. Because why? Because it was a window of opportunity for somebody to see my life. And we didn't want somebody to see something that was mm, boring or uh, something we weren't into. We wanted them to see the cool thing. Can I tell you, each one of you that calls Jesus Christ Lord of your life has the coolest thing in your life right now. And I'm telling you, we need to not only give him 
the fruit of our lips, but the fruit of our living. To know that whatever we speak, we tend to show. What we do, when we do good to others, it's also a part of our worship to God. It bears fruit, and sometimes it'll bear fruit in their lives as well. The world just doesn't look at what we say, but they also look at what you do. One of the most powerful statements that I remember my youth pastor when I was a teenager that gave me this. He said this, and I'll never forget it. He quoted somebody. I can't remember the guy he quoted, but he said this. What you do speaks so loudly that what you say cannot be heard. And if the fruit of your life is not matching up with the fruit of your lips, you are in a place where you are not offering this sacrifice of praise. You are not in a place of worship. You are in a place of contention. You're in a place where it's both, and you're trying to live out of both ways. And the Bible doesn't work that way. Jesus doesn't work that way. It's an all-in proposition. It's not just halfway. God's pleased with the sacrifice of praise when they come both from our lips and from our lives. And then Paul picks up on this theme in Romans chapter 12, in verse 1. The worship means to give up more than just a couple hours on a Sunday morning. Worship is more than just a lip service, but it means to offer yourself as a living sacrifice, pleasing to God. The only problem with us offering ourselves as a living sacrifice is this. So many times people want to crawl off the altar when the fire gets too hot. This really means that God should have the best of us. For too many of believers, Christianity is like this weekend thing you do. We treat it like we're going to the movies. You're going somewhere else. It doesn't have that commitment from the best of us all the time. There's a statement that I I read. It says, only Western Christianity has this concept of compartmentalizing our relationship to God. Many other religions see their commitment to their gods as all-embracing, and their gods always get their best. But that's not necessarily the case with Western Christianity. The, The thought process was that Western Christianity always gives God their leftovers instead of their best. Leftovers. There's a missionary tells the story of a woman in India. She was holding her in her arms a weak, whining infant. And while at her side stood a beautiful, healthy child. This missionary saw her walk down to the river and throw the robust, healthy youngster to the crocodile. And then turn around and head toward home, still clutching the sickly child. Tears were running down her, this lady's cheek. And when the missionary stopped to ask her a question concerning what she had done, she said this. She proudly replied in defense of her conduct, Sir, We always give God, the gods, our best. When you say that we give God your very best, or whatever's left over at the time, 
left over from your resources, left over from your priorities, the leftovers. I don't know about you. Leftovers in our house, my wife will tell you, I'm not great with leftovers. I'm just not. I'm okay. We can eat the meal, and it's great, but I can eat pizza leftover and chili leftover and tacos and hamburgers leftover. Those are like the four food groups for me. So those are things that I can eat um, leftover, but most anything else, I am not great about leftovers. I'll come home for lunch, and, and she'll say, well, would you like me to warm up some leftovers for you from, from the night before? And I'm like, ah, isn't Taco Bell open? <laughs> and I, I just, I don't do well with leftovers. And, and sometimes I, I just wonder with God if he's tired of our leftovers. He's tired of just giving what we have left after we've given everybody else something. See, that speaks to priority. And it speaks to what we worship. Paul says this. He says that such a living sacrifice is, should be happening in view of God's mercy. And because of God's mercy, it should be a spiritual act of worship. A spiritual act of worship. The word spiritual here in the Greek means um, logikos. It's where we get our word logical from. So in view of God's mercy, it is only logical that we offer up our bodies and our lives as a living sacrifice for God to use. It's both reasonable and logical. Why would God want the worship from our lips? without the worship from our lives. If we're going to offer up sacrifices of praise, we must be willing to offer up our lives as living sacrifices as well. And when we do this out of love, this sacrifice will not be viewed as a loss, but it will be viewed as a gain. So many times we hear that word sacrifice and we're like, oh man, what we got to lose? But the idea here is when we offer ourselves as a living sacrifice to God, it's not about what you lose. It's about what you gain. It's about what you gain. And I think the devil has got us so duped in the fact that when we hear that word sacrifice of praise, or when we hear the, the context of, of doing for God and making him the top priority and not giving God our leftovers, I, I think we've been so duped to think, oh, here they go again. They always want, they're always asking for money. The seat's always uncomfortable. The coach never came to visit. And here, here we go again. And instead of looking at the things that we lose, we don't focus on what we gain. And church, I want to tell you today, if you will make worship, and I'm not just talking about what we do in this room. This is great. Don't miss out on this. Because this is awesome. But if you'll make worship part of Monday through Saturday as well as Sunday, you will begin to see not what you've lost. You'll begin to understand what you're going to gain. Because a relationship and a closeness with God comes through worship. You want to know what, how, how to get the heart of God? You worship Him. You show worth to Him. Hallelujah. We worship with both our lives and our lips. 
And so today I, I challenge you with this thought. Are you offering God all of your heart? Are you offering God everything and all of your worship? Are you truly giving up sacrifices of praise? Would you bow your heads, please? Heavenly Father, today I thank you. Thank you, Lord. God, in my life, the thing that I have noticed is when the busyness of life comes around me and I start to neglect that, that time of the sacrifice of worship and praise, that that's the time that I actually lose and I don't gain. God, if we're going to grow and we're going to see the power of Jesus move in us, we have got to understand that we praise you not only with our lips but with our lives. It's just an everyday occurrence. It's an everyday kind of deal. So let us worship. Let us give us a sacrifice of praise to the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 I believe this is echoed in 1 John, but in chapter 3, but I think the, the thought process for me is, as a pastor, the most incredible thing that does my heart good is to watch people, number one, give their heart to Jesus. Man, when he saves a sinner... It's the most amazing thing. And every one of you can attest to that. Because you were once a sinner and Christ saved you. It's the most amazing thing. But the other thing that's like that too is the fact that when I see people growing and being discipled and growing in their walk with God, that to me, I tell you, it does amazing things for me as, as your pastor. Because it lets me know, man, they're connected to the Lord. It's not that you're connected to me. It's not that you're connected to Bisville Assembly. It's the fact that you're growing in rock with Jesus every day. And that, to me, man, that's what this is all about. And today, I challenge you. We talked on Wednesday night uh, a couple weeks ago. How, how, do we, how, how do we approach God? What are the things that, that get us near to the heart of God? I'm going to tell you, there are three things, and it's not rocket science. It's praying, it's reading your word, and it's worship. It's worship. If you're neglecting this idea of worship in your life, you are neglecting a relationship with God that could be so amazingly more than what you're experiencing right now. You may say, well, I don't like to sing. I didn't ask if you like to sing. I didn't tell you you had to sing. Nowhere in this message was there anything about singing. It was all about a heart. It was all about giving God praise with your lips. Singing is going to be a part of it as I, as I look at the scripture. Can I tell you, heaven has a lot of singing. I don't know how else to say that. The angels sing, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Worship. But you need to find a time when you are ascribing worth to God. And quit focusing on what's wrong with you. 
and start focusing on what's right within. Quit looking at it from the perspective of, oh my goodness, I'm going to lose. You're not losing anything. But what you have to gain is so great and so awesome that the devil will do anything he can to keep you from worshiping, to keep you from praying, to keep you from reading. And if you'll grasp a hold of this concept, I am telling you, it will turn your life upside down. And it won't be about what you've lost. It'll be about what you've gained. Because what you have gained will bring more life and more vibrance and more hope and more joy and more peace and more love to your life than you've ever experienced before. I think it's a loss, but I'm telling you, church, it's a gain. And the devil's robbing you. He's robbing you from what God wants to do in your life and the closeness that he wants to have with you. So today, I challenge you today. Make a stand and say, listen, devil, you're not robbing me anymore. I'm changing my mindset. I'm changing my attitude. I'm changing my heart. I'm moving myself. I'm going to get clarity today. I'm pushing everything aside, and I'm going to follow Jesus with all of my heart. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me, please? This morning, you're here, and man, you want to make that commitment before the Lord. It just says, I'm, I'm all in. God, I want to change my heart. Maybe some of you need to, to change your perspective of your mind. It says, man, this is what I've lost, and you need to talk about what you're gaining. Maybe you're here today, and, and man, that idea of worship through the week is, is a, a foreign thought for you. Can I tell you, the more time you'll spend in worship, the more God will do. Because my Bible says that God inhabits the praises of his people. When we draw near to him, he draws near to us. It says when you seek him with all your heart, you'll find him. God's not playing this sinister game of hide and seek with you. He just wants you to go after him. So I challenge you today, will you do that? Will you take the time this week to change your schedule, to change your motivation, to change your heart? And I'll guarantee where that will show up is in your family. Where that will show up is in your workplace. Where that will show up is on Sunday morning here in church. Why? Because you've been worshiping God all week. This is just a chance you get a shout more, a little louder. Amen? So this morning, if that's you, and you're like, man, pastor, I just, I need that change. I want to commit to doing that today. As we close in prayer, I just want you to lift your hand to the Lord. Say, God, please. I want to change my life. If that's you right now, just lift up those hands to the Lord. Father, right now, God, I pray. God, I pray that the busyness of our schedules, I pray that the stuff that we surround ourselves with, God, that we would get perspective from it today. God, that we would move to a place and an attitude of bringing a sacrifice of worship, 
a sacrifice of praise to you each and every day. It will not only be with our lips, but it will be in our actions. It will be in what we do. It will be in what we say. It will be in how we, our mind, our mindset for the day. God, I pray that you would help us, Lord. The devil's going to try everything he can to try to cloud us, to try to dis distract us. But God, today, I pray for focus. I pray for resolve. I pray for this attitude that says, I'm not giving up. I am pressing in. I am pressing on. And I'm going to see God do great things. I want a closer relationship with God than I have ever had before. I want worship to be a part of my life. I want worship to be a part of my everyday existence. And I'm going to give everything I have to Jesus. And God, as we do that, I know your word says that you will we will encounter you in ways that we never, ever dreamed possible. So God, I pray, let that be our heart. Let that be our heart and our mindset, God, today. And Father, as we walk out of these doors, let us not forget the commitment we made here this morning. Let us move and do. Put the word to action Monday through Saturday, God to get into your word, to study your word, to pray and to worship and to seek after you. In Jesus' name I pray.